What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rebel Report podcast, and this is a segment that I like to call the Running Raiders Report. I am your host, Brandon Steele. We are finally here. The 2021 NFL season kicks off tonight between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday, a really good, competitive, and impressive slate of games. One of the best week one schedules that I've seen in a very long time in all my years of watching NFL football. And it's all to be capped off with the Baltimore Ravens, led by former MVP Lamar Jackson, heading into the Death Star right here in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Monday night football kickoff 515, Ravens-Raiders. Really big game, believe it or not. What a competitive battle for this new 2021 Raiders squad to get a look at a team that went to the playoffs last year in the Baltimore Ravens. They had a win in the wild card game against the Tennessee Titans. They fell to the Buffalo Bills in the divisional game. Lamar Jackson finally got his first playoff win last year. They went 11 and 5. The Raiders went 8 and 8. And there's a lot to unravel here in a short amount of time as we want to get as much information out to you as I possibly can. So let's dive right into it. Let's go over a little bit of what happened in the offseason. We had the draft. General Manager Mike Mayock, Head Coach John Gruden agreed upon drafting Alex Leatherwood, right tackle out of Alabama. He will be starting week one on that right tackle position for the Raiders. And then they followed up in the second round with Trayvon Merrig. Merrig, a very, very talented safety. Another instant starter that the Raiders have taken in this draft. A lot of a lot of questions were going around the Raiders. Why did they get Leatherwood? Well, they a lot of people said, hey, they could have got Leatherwood in the second round and Merrig in the first round, and everyone would have been a little bit more happier. The Raiders just flip-flopped it. They went Leatherwood-Merrig, but still, Leatherwood, Alabama alum, knows Josh Jacobs well, very good blocker downhill. You plug him in to start right away at right tackle, and Trayvon Merrick had a lot of forced turnovers in his time as a TCU Horn Frog. There's a little bit about the draft right there looking to get some production out of those two rookies and then we head into the offseason where in free agency Mike Mayock took a chance to go ahead and offer a contract and sign edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe Ngakwe will be the instant starter week one a former Jag a former Raven he's been tied to the Raiders his whole career around deadline Um, week eight that trade deadline in the NFL there was always swirling rumors that he would be traded to the Raiders they didn't have to trade for him they just offered him a deal he signed he's here now in Vegas he's on that right edge the left edge will be Max Crosby which kind of leaves questions for where will Cleveland Farrell play will he come in rotational will he be on the inside in certain run stop packages we're going to find out week one a little bit a little bit more about that offseason, that free agency. John Brown was signed to kind of take over the role of Nelson Aguilar, who's now a New England Patriot, no longer with the Raiders. John Brown was signed to a one-year $3 million deal and then cut at the end of preseason. He simply did not perform well enough. Zay Jones was a little bit of the superstar at the wide receiver position during training camp, and he looked good in a preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. Willie Sneed was able to keep his job. But even Dylan Stoner, a young kid out of Oklahoma State, who got a job on the practice squad, looked better than John Brown. So John Brown signed to a one-year deal, then cut. And the main cut that a lot of people were making question about um, just happened a few days ago was Tanner Muse. In 2020, the Raiders had three third-round picks. Two of those third-round picks are no longer on the team. 
Lynn Bowden Jr. was selected in that draft. He's now with the Dolphins, never played a rep for the Raiders. Tanner Muse had a lot of preseason reps, a lot of camp reps with the Raiders. He's no longer on the squad. He's now with the Seattle Seahawks. Brian Edwards was the only other third-round pick in that 3-3 2023rd round who's still on the squad, and Brian is going to have a huge responsibility this year catching balls from Derek Carr. So that was one big cut that kind of ruffled some feathers with the Raider Nation. Why did they cut Muse? Could we still use him for depth? But at the end of the day, they make the cut for Tanner Muse. They go ahead and make one more last signing that is absolutely crucial. On the top 100, this player was ranked 67th on the NFL top 100 list. It's K.J. Wright. And K.J. Wright said in an interview this past week, he's very, very angry, very pissed off, but still at peace in a weird way as he played outstanding last year. In a 10-year career with the Seattle Seahawks, last year he obviously put up one of his best years, very dominant in sideline-to-sideline explosiveness, stopping the run, something the Raiders need help with, not only on Monday against Baltimore, but for the entire season. He signed to a one-year deal. Contract year for K.J. Wright. Hopefully the Ra- hopefully he plays well for the Raiders. They can extend him. Or for K.J. Wright's sake, you know, he's looking to play hard, get looked at by other teams for a little bit more of a security deal, a long-term deal elsewhere if he does not re-sign with the Raiders after this year. And that's all if, obviously, K.J. stays healthy and plays to the standard that he did last year with Seattle. So a little bit of the recap right there of what has gone on in the offseason for the Raiders. It's been busy. A very new squad here, especially on the offensive line. New center for Derek Carr. For all of Derek Carr's career, he's been putting his hands under the center of Rodney Hudson, a future Hall of Famer, an All-Pro. He's now going to be helping out Kyler Murray a little bit in Arizona as the Cardinals center. So plug in Andre James, who for the last two years... Coming out of UCLA, was sitting behind Rodney Hudson, learning the ropes. It's now his time to shine. We talked about it a little bit. Alex Leatherwood will be over there at right tackle. Colton Miller still protecting the blind side. But the big question mark for me on this new O-line for the Raiders is how many games are we going to get out of Richie Incognito? Richie getting up there in age. I believe he's 38, pushing 40 years old. When he's healthy, he is a mean machine. He opens up a lot of big holes for Josh Jacobs and now potentially Kenyon Drake as he's a backup now to Josh Jacobs. Another signing. Almost forgot about Kenyon Drake. They signed him in the offseason. He's going to be explosive. More of a catching back. But anyways, Incognito is going to be there to open up those big holes when healthy, but he has not played a full season in very many years in his career. He's at left guard, so if Incognito goes down, we're looking at a rotation of last year's rookie, second-year man, John Simpson out of Clemson. At the right guard position will be Denzel Good. And these are the names that, as a football fan and as a member of the media, you got to get familiar with for the Raiders because the Raiders want to run the football, and John Gruden is a believer of the games being won within the trenches. They're going to need health. They're going to need depth. And obviously, Gruden Mayock wanted to go get potentially a player that can play right tackle for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in the silver and black And Alex Leatherwood. They're looking to build there. There's been a lot of turnover due to injuries on the on the offensive line. Time will only tell how long this O-line will be put together. But 
A little bit of change there for the Raiders. And now we look at the weapons for this team that will be going up against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. I'm going to dive into it in a minute. Just want to go over the fact that Brian Edwards has a big responsibility now in his second year out of South Carolina. He missed four games with a high ankle sprain last year. But in the games that he played, he looked good. He caught about two passes per game reaching about 38 to 50 yards just off those two receptions. He's explosive. He's strong. He looked great at South Carolina. He had a lot of hype coming in his rookie year, but he dealt with that injury. Now, obviously, the John Brown thing didn't work. Aguilar now a Patriot. It's time for Brian Edwards to step to step up along with Henry Ruggs. We're going to need more targets for that first-round pick last year. Henry Ruggs III and Brian Edwards, they, those are going to be the two main guys on the outside. Plug in Hunter Renfro, a really good clutch third-down wide receiver, and then Zay Jones. But we all know the two main X-factors for the Raiders' offense that are probably going to be put to the test on Monday night, and it's Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Darren Waller, top three tight end in the league. Some say he is the best tight end in the league. Josh Jacobs, easily a top five running back in the league. He's going to have... Some new faces in front of him on the O-line, but he's still going to be toting the rock anywhere from 22 to 25 times a game. And on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, we're looking at two teams last year that prefer to run the rock rather than throw it. Baltimore threw the ball less than anyone in the entire NFL, and it's mind-boggling to me knowing the fact that in 2019, Lamar Jackson was the NFL MVP. This guy barely throws the ball now. You know, all the memes, he's a running back, playing quarterback, this, that, and the other. They love to run the football, but here is the kryptonite of the Baltimore Ravens right now, and it's the injury bug. They just had to sign Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. Not sure if he'll be suited up Monday night. I would assume so, but nothing guaranteed. J.K. Dobbins out for the year. A backup to Dobbins. Justice Hill out for the year. So it's really Gus Edwards, who's a very hard runner, and Lamar Jackson to run the off to run the option. Excuse me. So the running game a little bit depleted with injuries. They haven't even played one regular season game yet. They're coming in limping. Two of those running backs out for the year. So a team that loves to run the ball, they're gonna just try to establish that run on Monday night against this new Raiders defense with a new defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley. It's gonna be a lot to take in and. As we dive into this game right now, it's going to come down to stopping Lamar. As the wide receivers for the Baltimore Ravens never really get too active anyway outside of the tight end, Mark Andrews. But on the outside, it's Sammy Watkins, who the Raiders are familiar with with his time in Kansas City. And then it's Marquise Brown, who's really a deep threat. He can take a wide receiver screen and cut it up. But still, they want to run the football. They averaged 136 yards per game on the ground. That is their M.O. That's what they're looking to do. That's what they want to do the most on Monday night. And a lot of it is going to be for the Raiders defense to stop Lamar Jackson. They're going to see a lot of option. They're going to have to get him wrapped up in the backfield. That is the first key to victory for the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. Stopping Lamar. We don't expect him to throw too much. And if he does throw, we got to lock in on the tight end, Mark Andrews. That's why K.J. Wright has been brought over. Corey Littleton looking to have a better year than before. He'll have to cover a little bit of Mark Andrews. But for the most part, 
Going to be a lot of running with Lamar Jackson. He is going to have to be their spark on Monday Night Football. Now for the Raiders offense, what is something that they can do to win this game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, for me, I look at this Ravens defense, and they're good. On paper, the Ravens have a better defense than the Raiders. It's not a secret. They have better players on defense for the Ra- than the Raiders. It's not a secret. Marlon Humphrey is probably a top 10 corner in the NFL. He's going to be either lined up against Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs. Right there, I think Derek's going to have to force those targets to those two guys because Humphrey, on some Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday nights, he's a lockdown corner. On the other side, you have Marcus Peters, who now kind of getting older in age. He's been exposed a few times against elite-level wide receivers. You still have to be very careful with him. He's picked off Derek Carr a plethora of times in his, with his times in Kansas City. A, a Monday night or years ago with the Rams, he had a pick six on Derek Carr. Peters knows how to intercept the ball out of Derek Carr's hands. No matter who he's lined up against, that's going to be a challenge. But where the Raiders can get through this Ravens defense is over the middle of the field. The safeties are weak on this team. These two safeties for the Baltimore Ravens are not on the elite level or even on a very good level as the corners are. Deshaun Elliott is a six-round pick out of Texas. He's been on the team for two years now. He's plugged in to be the starter. Alongside him, you got to deal with Chuck Clark, another six-round pick. These names don't jump off the page. If Derek Carr can have enough time in the pocket, I believe the middle of the field should be open, and that's when you plug in those little drag routes, those end routes to Hunter Renfro, and obviously Darren Waller. You can maybe even bust something up the middle with a very good catching back in Kenyon Drake. As for the D-line of the Ravens, very good. They bring over... Justin Houston, a former Chief, and Indianapolis Colt. Calais Campbell, still very good on the D-line. That is a huge challenge there for Alex Leatherwood or Colton Miller, no matter where Calais Campbell's going to come off the left edge or the right edge, and Justin Houston is also a handful. But for the Raiders, a way that they can put points on the board, attack the middle of the field of the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Queen, second-year linebacker, very, very young. Not the best coverage guy against an elite-level tight end when you're talking about Darren Waller. So right there is an opportunity for the, for the Raiders and Derek Carr to put some numbers on the board in this, football, in this football game. The third and final thing when I look at this game that could potentially help the Raiders walk away with a victory would be a turnover. The Raiders are always in the bottom five of the NFL standings when it comes to turnovers. They don't force fumbles. They don't get interceptions. They don't get to the quarterback enough. We've heard it. They bring in Casey Hayward Jr., who's looking for a little bit more signs of life. They bring in Gerald McCoy to play defensive tackle, who's coming off of a year where he was hurt all last year, didn't play a snap. He's looking to have a new sign of life. Yannick Ngakwe, we talked about him already. Trayvon Merrick, Jonathan Abram needing to be a better safety than he was last year. He had 17 missed tackles. He has to improve there. The Raiders are going to need a turnover if they want to make a statement and potentially win this game on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar's going to be a duo. He's going to be doing a lot of running. If they can force a fumble and recover it, give the ball over to that John Gruden offense, let him call the plays, and let Derek Carr matriculate the ball down the field. That would do wonders for the Raiders on the scoreboard if they can handle the clock and punch it in for six. That would be a huge key here for the newly Gus Bradley-led Raiders defense. Force a turnover on Lamar Jackson. 
The Ravens are going to be very one-dimensional, and as we already talked about on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that one dimension is banged up. No Dobbins, no Justice Hill. Le'Veon Bell doesn't know the book all that well yet. It's going to be the Lamar Jackson show. Be wary of Mark Andrews, but if they can force a turnover, that will be a huge, critical key for the Raiders to come away with a victory. As of now, most sports books have the Ravens as a four-point favorite. That means the Raiders are a home underdog. About 63 to 65,000 people to be in to be in attendance Monday night. The Raiders had the second worst home record last year. You can only hope that the Raider fans that have traveled from the Bay Area, from the SoCal LA area, and the fans that have been in Las Vegas for years now make some noise, bring a home field advantage as that 2-8 and eight home record is honestly pitiful for a, for a team in a brand new stadium. They need to turn that around. It will happen on Monday night. The keys to winning this game, stop Lamar, make him throw a turnover or put the ball on the turf, and find the middle of the field to your tight end, Darren Waller. If they can do those three things at a high level, the Raiders may be in for a win and go 1-0. and We'll talk about it on Tuesday for the recap, and we'll get prepared for week two. Thanks for listening.